What's going on, guys and gals? Welcome to episode 87 of the Workprints Gamescast, brought to you by theworkprint.com. As always, I'm your host, Rob, and I'm being joined by my fabulous co-host, Bilal. What's up, Bilal? I've been acquired, but I can't say more than that until right. two weeks from now. Not, I mean, I, I, that's, I tweeted that's cool. out hey. into the universe, and it happened. So right before, so in between the pre-show and us going live, Bilal tells me the, the, the good news about getting acquired. I won't say whether or not he told me where it was. Obviously, there's some you know, confidentiality stuff. You can't talk about it yet. But he literally tells me <laughs> right before we start the actual show, I am so distracted that I'm congratulating him and all of a sudden he gives me like the... For those on the I audio look over. <laughs> I look, oh, yeah. So I'm sorry. The four, three, two, one. And I look over and we're, we're about to start. Completely threw me off my game. <sighs> it, it, it's anyway. also <laughs> Huh? It's awesome news. Uh, I'm I'm yeah. pumped about it. No, that's 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 very awesome. Yeah. I was already coming into the show with super, you know, hyped energy. For those who only listen to the podcast who aren't watching live right now, I'm still in my work clothes. I literally came, had a long day at the office. I actually had court this morning. Had fabulous outcomes. My clients love me as all of them do, <laughs> and uh, and then had to run. Had like a business lunch, and then head to the office for a console, then had like a business like happy hour. And uh, yeah, man, making moves, coming in here super hot. No no low energy today. And then he told me that and it just got me even more hyped. So I'm, I, I'm I ready mean, to go. I, I, I kind of I feel like you lied to me yesterday. Uh, so when you left the Gloomhaven uh, chat uh, during that stream yesterday, you said, I'll see you tomorrow, handsome. And now I'm looking at you, and I'm like, he was talking to himself. He wasn't talking to me. <laughs> yeah, could you imagine if that's exactly the angle I was going with? Oh, my God. I wish that was that awful. Anyway, so, yeah, let's go ahead and get into uh, the show and what we've been playing. I am going to kick it off this week because it's that time of year. Happens, I think. Uh, I need a sound effect for this. It'll, yeah. be, some, it'll be something like... Apex Legends Season uh, yeah. 12 Update. It happens, <laughs> <laughs> happens uh, I think, quarterly. Honestly, I think they release uh, every three months or so. Yeah, Apex Legends Season 12 came out yesterday. And with it came the newest legend, Mad Maggie. So, below, actually, in our Google Doc, gave me a little crap about <laughs> this being the quarterly Apex lore dump. And it is. It's going to be. For those who don't know, a character that was introduced three or four seasons ago was fuse right and fuse's whole backstory was that he grew up with his other character maggie in salvo and as they grew up they drifted apart basically fuse was after a little bit more fame and and recognition whereas maggie was essentially fighting for salvo right she's considered a warlord she was trying to fight for independence from the syndicate and they introduced Fuse, and part of Fuse's introduction in the very beginning is they showed Mad Maggie basically crashing the party, and that is what altered mm, King's Canyon at the time with a ship dropping in there, and that altered the map. So they've come back in and brought Mad Maggie back into the mix. What they're also have done is they've also introduced a little bit of the lore and of 
they've altered well they introduced a new aspect to the lore and they had been teasing this for a while every season has these like chapters these pieces of lore that are on a i don't know if it's a weekly or every two weeks they release a new chapter and they had already been teasing it earlier in one of the earlier seasons that octane's dad is essentially this shady behind the scenes political figure with a lot of money and power and that's what this season is about uh Bad Maggie is actually set to be executed before, because of her actions. And instead of being executed, he comes, he steps in, he tells them to throw her into the games. And then basically blames the syndicate for not carrying out a just execution and instead focusing only on profit and popularity by introducing this character. Uh, all that being said, none of you care about that. <laughs> I'm the only one that does, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. I, man, I desperately want them to release more of this universe in the form of spin-off games, spin-off titles. I've talked about this before. I would love to see like a Borderlands-esque open world loot-based hero shooter hybrid, you know, where these characters still have their abilities or some variation of their abilities, similar to actually what Rainbow Six Extraction does with the Rainbow Six Siege characters. And then they've already introduced PVE elements. I mean, there you could do it in this world. You know, you don't have to necessarily go back to the Titanfall formula. You could do something new that still has the DNA of Titanfall and has the DNA of Apex with these characters. Now, as far as Mad Maggie herself is concerned, her abilities are interesting. It's one of those things where I actually think all of her kit is really good and her ultimate is a little bit underwhelming if not useful honestly do you know anything about the the new character and their abilities i, I don't uh do you want to break it down because yeah, I, and, sure. I, and so, i have a question because like i always feel like when a new character does get introduced into a battle royale um mm -hmm. or like a character uh driven uh type game they yeah. tend to break break the game in a certain uh, manner so do you, do you think it, everything is balanced right now are the patches good or is i there mean yeah so yeah, no, so far so good. There are some mm -hmm. things that were introduced with a new hop-up, which is this attachment that you can find for certain weapons. And the new hop-up they introduced is called the Kinetic Feeder. So it works on two guns, and when you're sliding with these guns, it automatically reloads the weapon for you. Ooh. And it's, although over time, so the longer your slide, the more like you are to get a full reload. But these two guns that it works for also have a, a choke element to them. So... Basically, as you're holding down, aiming down the sights, they charge up and narrow their spread, okay? Making them much more accurate and much more powerful when they actually hit. And it looks like there's a little bit of a bug where one of the weapons, besides <laughs> reducing the choke time, it's also reducing the delay between shots. So you can kind of fire them off fairly quickly. That right now seems to be the only thing that is broken from a balance perspective, and I think that'll get fix in the future as far as she's concerned she seems like a direct answer to some of the current meta problems that are going on so for the past we'll just take the last season in particular the meta was very much formed around having uh gibraltar and his dome shield on your team there are mm -hmm. other characters that you can mix and match but almost every team at higher levels was running a gibraltar and that was on both splits uh, he, at one point, became semi-essential to be competitive in that game because his dome shield is so strong. 
And what her ability, one of her abilities is her tactical. She shoots out this, we'll call it a, a, a drill, right? This laser drill. That's what it is. It's a laser drill that attaches to surfaces and then shoots through it and damages players in it. So while it doesn't do a ton of damage, it does a decent amount and it attaches to Gibraltar's dome shield, which what it really does is kind of make them think twice about rezzing inside his shield because that's kind of what makes him so powerful is the fact that when somebody gets knocked down on his team he's able to get in there and rest them quickly well now she's a, a, a slight counter to that her passive allows her to when she does damage to an enemy she actually highlights them even if they go out of sight for a little while so a lot of apex high level play revolves around kind of uh peeking in and out of cover and so with her passive, when you do damage, you are able to actually get in there. Uh, you actually hit some shots on them and still see them even when they duck behind cover. And it comes in like incredibly useful because then you can kind of see which way they're going to peek out. Well, uh, I, ti the I timed this video really well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The other, yeah, you can see right there, you're, they're highlighted red. The other part yeah. of her passive is she also moves faster when she's carrying a shotgun. So whenever you're carrying a weapon, there is a movement penalty to you so oftentimes when you're trying to cover great distances or trying to run, run up on the team you'll holster your weapon so that you can get to them faster well if you're playing mad maggie you rocking a shotgun you run your normal your max speed even with the shotgun in your hand so it just and in reality it only saves half a second during the engagement but that could be the half second needed to actually uh turn the fight in your favor and so the one thing is that her ultimate, it seems really useful, but a little underwhelming. So her ultimate is she throws out this, we'll say oversized bowling ball, right? And it travels a set distance and it damages anything in, in its path and knocks it back. It will also bounce depending on if it hits certain obstacles. The problem is, is that it only does like 20 damage if it hits a legend. I think the bigger impact comes from the fact that it knocks the legend back. So let's say you get a knock on somebody or you see two teams fighting. You can throw it out there, kind of disrupt the fight, throwing everybody off. Okay. And along its path, it also drops these blue orbs. And when you collect those blue orbs, you get a speed boost. I think it's very similar to Octane's speed boost right? Which is uh -huh. the fastest you can travel in the game. And so it's super useful. It's just not as flashy or right now, at least early on, it doesn't seem as impactful as some other legends ultimates, you know, and it doesn't make, it doesn't mean that it's not good. It's just maybe the least interesting of her or the least impactful or impressive of her whole kit. Uh, but so far I, I think she's really, really good. Uh, and I, I'm having a lot of fun with her. The other thing is they brought back Olympus as the first map on the rank split. And I haven't played quite enough to say like what the changes to it, what they actually impact. Um, I'm just like Olympus for whatever reason, even though it's, even though I placed pretty high on it like three seasons ago, it's just like my least favorite uh, of the maps. And it's because it's the one I have the least amount of time with, so I just don't know it that well. So we had situations where we were performing pretty well last night, uh, Tuesday being the first day of the season. We were performing pretty mm -hmm. well at ranked, 
and then we were running away from fights and on two separate occasions we fell off the maps to our death because we just didn't <laughs> know that the gap was coming up there um uh, oh. So I think I think one of the things I did read about this season is a new yes. limited time mode called control. Right. That's uh, actually so it's a say. nine. It's nine v nine. So can you have like a squad of nine or is it like no, three squads I've, of three? Uh, it's three squads of three. I mean, you're uh. not and and you're still actually kind of treated as a squad. So you only see the highlighted names of the people in your squad. However, you do see your allies and see that they're there. And what it is is essentially domination uh, okay. or stronghold. Right. There are three points. Uh, one two closest to each like base right and then a centralized one and if you have the one closest to your base and the centralized one then you can spawn on any of those points including spawning on your base and it it it, it really is just domination you control the points for the longest uh the majority of the points for the longest and your team will win the interesting thing is partway through the match they start to introduce these like essentially bonus objectives and they highlight one of the points as being the one that you have to control by the end of the two minute timer and if you control that you get a significant boost to your score which actually has resulted in a lot of turnarounds in the games i've been playing where we were down by a little we're able to cap that that active point the boosted point and just take off from there it's a lot of fun because it also introduces a mode where you respawn and come back and so there's no real penalty for dying in this uh it, it i i think it's i think it's great i think it needs to be a permanent mode i think i think it will end up being a permanent mode and i just want to see apex continue to experiment with this because i hold apex legends and actually respawns in the same company that i hold like bungie and actually now 343 after halo infinite in that as first-person shooters, they feel fantastic. You know, mm -hmm. they are what I want out of first-person shooters. <laughs> Last night when you messaged that you're gonna go play some more Apex, uh, I seen the news that the new season was dropping, and I was like, maybe I should play some Apex. And uh, hey, come come play Control, yeah, man. I I it seems even if it's not even with a group of friends, I feel like I just want to jump in with some randoms, mm -hmm. and it, it always feels good. And it's like. You just need a couple of matches to like get back in the flow of things. Mm -hmm. um, I think the one cool thing that they did announce is the year three anniversary stuff where if you log in this week, I think it's, you unlock Octane, next week is Watson, and then the following, the last week of February is Valkyrie. Is Valkyrie. Wait, yeah. So it's neat. So like normally you have to buy your champ uh, that you want to play with. And yeah. so if you get three free champs, it's at least worth logging in to no i i 100 think it's also one yeah. of those things where like between control and getting these champs for free i think it'll bring back players that maybe f fell off you know a yeah. year and a half in or whatever i i yeah i think it is that this season so far is absolutely fantastic yeah i have to kind of get back into the flow of olympus because i haven't played it in three seasons and so but outside of that uh, um i'm having a good time now so i've heard uh, so I've yeah. been seeing reports of like the PS5 and the Xbox Series X version uh, and S version being like rated uh, yeah. in a bunch of different countries, but it, it's not out yet. Or do you mm -hmm. think you think it'll so, drop this season or it's a so, season 13 thing? Yeah, so it's not out yet. I mean, all signs are pointing to it being kind of an imminent drop. Mm -hmm. I Part of me wonders if it doesn't make sense to release an update like that with a season update mostly because these seasons come out and there inevitably are kinks to work out. There hasn't been one yet that 
has launched completely smooth. And part of that is because they get hammered server-wise, right? People mm -hmm. are coming back for the start of the new season. The other part is they introduce these new legends, which have their own animations, which introduces new issues and how their abilities animations work with other characters' abilities animations. So, I mean, just this season alone already, I know that reactive camos on weapons are disabled because they ran into a bug. Uh, we all had an issue where our very first rank match that we got into, all the legends except for the original release ones were locked. And so for our very first ranked match this season, we just went in super old school with the very first characters we played as. And uh, so I think that, yeah, this is more likely to be a mid-season kind of release. Uh, I think it'd be super smart if, considering for the second is, split? Or not even for the second split, but just like at the end of the anniversary event where after mm -hmm. you, they give away valkyrie and maybe that does line up kind of with the 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 second split but they're like oh and to cap off our three-year anniversary here is the next gen upgrades coming next week this week whatever how how's it performing now on the next gen consoles do you see a difference uh yeah i mean it's definitely it they're definitely while they're not native and but they are optimized to some degree for these next-gen consoles. I mean, for instance, I'm able to crank my FOV up much higher on the Series X than I was on the Xbox One X and experience no performance drops, right? Okay. And that kind of stuff is a big deal. So it's definitely utilizing the power there. But yeah, it's not, it's clearly not running at native 4K and it's not running at, I don't believe at least, at 120 frames, right? Mm -hmm. So if we can get, you know, something along those lines. Uh, I'm, I'm super excited for that possibility. Um, so before I get into the other game that I've been playing, real quick, because this reminded me, I, I want to mention that I started playing Cyberpunk 2077 on PC. I just oh, yeah. did this new PC build, and I'm kind of sick. I, and uh, with my luck, they're going to announce, like, next week that the next-gen versions are coming. I think you're fine on PC compared yeah, to what the, yeah. next, what the console versions look like. And so I'm playing it with a 3070 Ti, so it's not, you know, my graphics card is not something to sneeze at. It is fairly, it is powerful. It's powerful. You know, it's not 3080 Ti, but it's powerful. I'm running it at 1440p on Ultra with DLSS, and oh boy, DLSS is magic. Like... That game is gorgeous and it runs buttery smooth. Every, every, I, I haven't gone in since a lot of their patches. I played this game the first month it came out. Yeah. Uh, I thought, for the most part, it was a good time on PC. Mm -hmm. uh, I can understand on console why people were upset. But yeah, yeah like, uh, I, I think when you're sticking to the main story stuff and the main side stories, like we're, mm -hmm. you'll notice like which characters have like more prominence than others. Yeah. Uh, those, those quest lines all look great uh they're well crafted everything like the animations those locations fantastic um and so yeah and the lss is is magical it really is. yeah it what got mode me... are you using are you using resolution or are you using like performance i think resolution i think i'm using quality yeah yeah and so i it had that honestly playing that and and seeing dlss work it's magic had me looking at like, is the Series X going to support Super Fidelity? Like, are these new yeah. next-gen consoles going to support AMD's 
version of DLSS, although it's slightly different. Uh, same concept though. And yeah, I mean, Microsoft had announced that, yeah, they are going to support it in the future. And so I'm, I think that's the kind of thing that could be a, a actual game changer as far as console gaming is concerned. Because these consoles have the power to run at 120 frames per second. If mm -hmm. you can just get a little bit of help on the resolution side, and I'm telling you, yeah, yeah sure. It running at 4K natively versus it being done through DLSS, it's not one-to-one. -one, but man, is it close, you know? I would I would have loved to, you know, you know, if the consoles could do it, like DLSS on something like... Um, Guardians of the Galaxy, because that game, if you can just get either some frame rate or a little bit of a resolution in either one of those modes, it'll go a long, long way. Yeah, a hundred percent. All right, the other game I've been playing. Are you feeling well? Is my that question. I actually completed is well, who are you? Uncharted: The Lost Legacy. Who are you? Okay, so I've talked about this in the past. I am not the biggest Naughty Dog fan. And that's to say that I think all of their games are 7.5s to 8.5s. So I think their games are great. I think their games are very good. Very good to great, we'll say. I just don't think their games are 10s because, well, I'll actually get to why, right? So I'm not the, the biggest fan. I'm not a super fan for the Naughty Dog games. However, there was a lot of talk about how gorgeous the... Legacy of Thieves collection looked. Mm -hmm. And I remembered that while I have played Uncharted 4 Among Thieves, I've never played The Lost Legacy. So game fight to the rescue. I rent Uncharted Legacy of Thieves. I pop it in. It lets you choose which one to install first. I installed Uncharted The Lost Legacy and off I went. One of the, the allure of Uncharted The Lost Legacy is that while it is a standalone product it was a essentially a dlc expansion standalone product so it's really only like an eight hour game at most yeah immediately i'm blown away by how good the game looks mm -hmm. uh i think that in cutscenes, naughty dog's animations are second to none i think there are games out there and studios out there that do facial capture and, and animations that look more realistic than Naughty Dog, that are arguably better than Naughty Dog, but Naughty Dog's stuff looks, still looks like a video game, right? There's just not, there's no uncanny, uncanny valley there. It looks like a realistic video game, mm -hmm. if that makes any sense. It still yeah. looks like a video game. And I think there's something to that. I think there's, I think that's what I want a lot of times is yeah, I want things to look super crisp, super clean, but I still kind of want it to look like a video game. I actually think Cyberpunk does that really well, okay. you know? You, so you want um, you want like an Uncharted 4, you want a Lost Legacy, but you don't want a Detroit become human. <laughs> yes, right, yeah. right, exactly. Um, and so immediately I'm blown away. And then I start playing and I'm having a fun enough time. I enjoy the puzzles. I mean, the puzzles are yeah. what you get out of a game like that, out of a, a Tomb Actually, I think Tomb Raider's puzzles are more intricate than Uncharted's yeah. tend to be, but the puzzles are, are, are fun enough and exploring the environments and the world are, are, are beautiful. And this one being kind of a, a smaller and tighter product and essentially mostly taking place in one environment, uh, I think it helps it out 
you know? Uh, like I said, it just feels really tight. It doesn't feel like mm -hmm. it drags on. Man, there are just, there's just a couple things that stop this game from being a 9, 9.5 or 10, right? The gun one, <laughs> one, I, and this is such a minor thing, and so many games do this, but it, it kind of drives me nuts that when the unnatural, the unnaturalness that comes from when you're standing still to when you start moving, right? There's just that slight, like, judder or like awkwardness actually witcher 3 was like infamous for this and actually kind of why they I, changed I, it I, okay there's like a mean. slight delay in that mm -hmm. and then not for nothing but when you're walking through a crowd they uh, in uncharted it's constantly like i i don't this is a audio podcast as well so i won't i won't but you're constantly like turning from side to side like you're constantly just moving between people and the moment yet your brain recognizes that and sees that, it just feels so fake and unnatural. Yeah. Uh, the, Assassin's I, Creed handles it fairly well. I think Assassin's Creed does it. I think Assassin's Creed yeah. does a lot of things better than Uncharted. Yeah. Uh, like I like Assassin's Creed's method of basically you can climb anywhere, and mm -hmm. I understand why Uncharted does that. If you can climb anywhere, Uncharted, it takes a little bit of the uh, it takes a good chunk of that game's gameplay mechanics mm -hmm. out of it right part of uncharted and they do a better job in this game where they hide where you can actually climb a little bit better it's not right there in your face like bright white or bright yellow mm -hmm. or pick your color of choice depending on what game you're playing uh so i understand why they do that but yes i, I think moving through crowds I think Assassin's Creed does a, a much better job and it feels a lot more natural, in my opinion. People can disagree on that one. Another thing that I hate, and this is a, a lot of games do this. I actually tweeted a clip out. Uncharted The Lost Legacy stars Chloe. You're playing as her the whole time. And then you have Nadine Ross, who is like the villain and one of the villains in Uncharted 4 on your team as well. And Nadine Ross is controlled by the AI the whole time. At no point do you control her. And she... It's supposed to be an elite mercenary. <laughs> can't, can't shoot like the broadside on the board. I, I, and I get it. I don't want the game to play for me. Yeah. I don't want that. All right. But I had a scenario and I tweeted on Twitter where we're in this area. There's one enemy left. It's like a heavy and I'm ducked behind this rock and I start taking shots and I realized that Nadine has positioned herself directly behind the enemy behind a pillar. And she steps out and she is two feet away from the enemy and she's shooting her pistol and every shot is missing. <laughs> like, and so then once I realize this, I just, I stay on there and I just watch her for like two and a half minutes and she constantly is popping out, missing every <laughs> shot, popping back its cover, popping out, missing every shot. And like I said, I don't want you to play the game for me, but you either have her do the damage and there are times in this game where she does right they're scripted obviously it's scripted there are times where she takes enemies out you either have her do the damage or you don't have her position herself that close like you have to have some scripting that results in her being far away from the target like behind cover like i am if she's behind cover like i am and popping out and taking shots and missing that's one thing but she is literally barrel of the gun <laughs> to his head still missing somehow that's a pretty good clip. <laughs> and then, and then, of course, we come to my biggest gripe with all Naughty Dog games, 
right, is those games are unbelievable technical masterpieces until you have to shoot a gun, until you're in combat, even melee, until you're in combat. I don't understand why it hasn't gotten better over the course of Oh, six games listen, now. <laughs> it, it the truth is, is it has gotten better, and actually Naughty yeah. Dog has gotten better. There yeah. are sec. I mean, I guess we could spoil a, a game that's as old as Last of Us Two at this point, right? Yeah. There are sections of the Last of Us Two where you're playing as Abby, and she has this. Her arsenal is completely different yeah. than um, Ellie's, and so those sections actually feel half decent for for a third person shooter. I still mm-hmm. don't think they're as as up to industry standards, honestly, when it comes to third-person shooters. And I understand that they're more focused on telling these narrative adventures, and maybe the researchers are being poured into that and not into the actual video game part of it, which is is, is fine. Like, I, I'm not going to sit here and go on this tirade again. But mm-hmm. The Lost Legacy, because it is just an, an up-res, and while I think it... I, I think it feels better than, like, Uncharted 1 and 2 and 3... It feels very similar to Uncharted 4, where the moment I was engaged in combat, I wanted to be playing anything else. I just wanted to get past it. If there was mm-hmm. a skip combat button in this game, I would have done it. Because I don't just think that it's not good. I think it's actively bad. Or That's maybe, my biggest problem. Yeah, or maybe it's, just, maybe it's just average, but because everything else is so elevated compared to the rest of the industry, that it makes it, it, it just highlights what it is you know it i'm telling you man the moment i was in combat i was miserable in that game luckily like i said this game is only you know seven hours eight hours long Mm -hmm. and i find the characters very likable if not very like they're very talkative and and quippy similar to guardians of the galaxy except i I think guardians of nadine in it i think yeah i think guardians of the galaxy does it very very well Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes I was just groaning at, at the back and forth between these characters. Um, it, you know what? It's, there are parts of it that remind me of the gasoline scene in Zoolander, right? When they're like in the Jeep and they're like singing and they're drinking their uh, orange Juliuses. I don't even remember what they were, smoothies. And then they start playfully fighting and throwing the drinks and then they're pumping gasoline and they spray you know the scene i'm talking about i uh can't recall it okay well anyway it just kind of feels like that it just feels like like playful banter for the sake of playful banter and Mm -hmm. not actually natural yeah um i I get what you mean all that being said this game is still an eight (laughs) and so like it's a solid game i recommend it to anybody especially if you're a fan of the series i understand that I am in the my maybe I'm in the minority to comes to this, and I actually think that a lot of uh, Sony's first party narrative driven games have this problem. I think that they focus so much on being these narrative spectacles, these cinematic masterpieces, that they fail the player when it comes to the actual controlling of the game. Now, there are some games that get it right. I think God of War feels great to play. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I think Horizon feels. Well, better than Uncharted to play. Uh, And actually, considering that that is essentially a third-person adventure game, although open world, like, it it feels much better to do combat in that game than it does in Uncharted. And I think part of the problem with Uncharted is there's no feedback on your guns, right? Like, 
you're when you're when you're shooting you hear the gun shooting and that's the only feedback you're getting there's no like impact sounds really there's no the enemies kind of flinch but they also take 1200 shots and there's just like what makes call of duty shooting part of what makes call of duty shooting so good is that you get feedback on it like if you feel the shots hit and uncharted just feels like nothing I think one of my, uh, the other issues I also have with Uncharted is it's always just like the encounters happen in this open space and enemies can like literally come from any direction. Um, and you're just like, well, how am I supposed to plan against that um, yeah. at times, which is yep. uh, a bit frustrating. I always found it, um, I think at a certain point in Uncharted 4, I was like, I'm just dropping this down to easy uh, because yeah. I'm going to have more fun with this. And I did. Um, yeah, I was and like, because I was like, I was, also I'm not playing this for the difficulty. I'm playing this yeah. for the story and the puzzles and the, you know the platforming. Well, and yeah, and that's what it is, right? Yeah. Is dropping it to easy only changes the combat. Yeah, and that is, in my opinion, the worst part of these games. So yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't blame you for that. Maybe I should have done that. I probably would have enjoyed yeah. it even more. Than I also I did. do that with um, nothing against Wolfenstein's uh, combat, but. I just have a lot more fun with Wolfenstein when yeah. I put it well, on easy yeah. and I just run through that campaign. Wolfenstein and, and Wolfenstein 2, they both have yeah. sections in particular that are kind of brutal for what's considered a normal difficulty. Mm -hmm. And so I can understand that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that wraps up what I've been playing. I don't know how I always get on like a naughty dog tangent, <laughs> but I think it's just because, like I said, it all depends on what you value. Yes, I love a cinematic experience and I, I, love, I love games that look great. Um, but at the end of the day, like the number one thing for me is they have to feel good to play. And I, in my opinion, the Naughty Dog games just don't. Yeah. Anyway, what have you been playing? So I, I didn't get too much time to play this week, uh, but I did continue playing Legends Arceus. Um, I have quelled all five noble beasts in that game. Um, did you ever get this game out of your son's hands or? Uh, I'm so <laughs> I have not got a chance to boot it up. It's not his fault. In, yeah. in this case, it really was just that I started Uncharted The Lost Legacy, mm -hmm. and then I was messing around with Cyberpunk. I was also messing around with Half-Life Alex, although I haven't played enough of that to actually talk about it much. Um, so I was just bouncing between it. And then yesterday, I was like, you know what? I'm going to sit down and play Pokemon. Oh, wait a second. Apex Legends <laughs> Season 12 is out. Yeah. So, uh, But I do want to get to it this week and this weekend, actually. Yeah. So, so I mean, I've been playing more of it. it it kind of you get you hit this loop of like go here and call this beast or go to this area and call this beast and you come across new Pokemon and new biomes which is really neat. Um, if you, but what I'll say is like if you're not enjoying the game's loop by the time you get to like the second noble beast, you could probably drop it at that point. Um, for me, it's been great. It's been a fun Pokemon experience. Um, story has been all right. So far, I mean, things are now changing up as I'm, I believe I'm headed into the end game. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's a good time, uh, in my opinion. And I, I can't wait to uh, see where it goes. Um, and then uh, I forgot to mention this last week, but on Game Pass, I downloaded Pedestrian, uh, which is like a puzzle. You play, uh, it's a puzzle game, platformer. Is that the one with the, like, street signs? Yeah, it's the one with the street okay. signs and, like, work signs. As you, you work your way through these environments and you're, like, this little stick figure man who just needs to, like, get from screen to screen and you can move around, like, the puzzles and you connect, like, doors to, uh, doors to, connect doorways, you connect ladders and 
it, you move around the puzzles on the screen and you have to find your way to the exit and uh, it, it, it's not super difficult but as but it will make you think uh, it's not it's no witness I'll say where the witness yeah. was like sometimes you sit there and you're like I don't know how to solve this unless I go online uh, but with this one it's like it'll, it'll make you think and then you'll be like let me try this and, it, and it'll click like I never felt like I got stuck uh, anywhere for too long um, for the most part I've been moving through it at a nice solid pace it played in like 30 minute chunks uh, it's not supposed to be a long game either so I think about halfway through uh, but uh, it's been a good time. So if you're just looking for like a nice way to unwind and relax, uh, I highly recommend it. Um, and then the last thing, I have uh, picked up a Series S. Uh, it's going nice. to be delivered tomorrow to my parents. Which um, one did you get? I, I got that Fortnite. Um, yeah, of course you the did. The Fortnite um, Rocket League bundle. And yeah. so he, here's an interesting thing. So normally when it comes to those codes that you get, you can usually flip on eBay. Have you actually seen how much that code is going for on eBay? No. $100. For the Fortnite one? <laughs> for the Fortnite one. Because of what's, requ what's required here is it's not even like a code you can like hand over someone. Someone has to essentially trust you on eBay to send you their login information for the gamer tag. And then you redeem it on that console. Then factory reset the Series S and then set it up with yours. That's the only way to get that skin. Uh, and so I, initially I was like, I'll just sell this code and get my essentially yeah. this console for free. But no, um, I was like, nah, I'll, I'll just redeem the skins and look badass <laughs> in the game yeah. myself. Um, <laughs> the game that you haven't played in like five months. I, exactly. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, yeah, no, I, I had a bunch of work points, uh, like reward points and stuff that mm -hmm. I was like, let me redeem these. Ended up getting it for 80 bucks, uh, which is a freaking steal in my eyes uh i'm gonna set it up at my parents uh because that's where we're gonna go be working during the work week and so i was like i need to play elden ring you know in my downtime mm -hmm. uh you know maybe something on game pass and so uh i was like i don't want to be lugging back a series x back and forth i don't want to get a gaming pc or a lot or a lot gaming laptop um and just carry that back and forth because those things are thousands of dollars yeah. so uh, the series s just sound like a no-brainer in that case uh and you know thank i i freaking love how well xbox's uh, cloud save stuff works it's it's seamless. oh man it's so yeah. good it really it's, is and then uh, like, yeah. like i said if you have the expansion card it makes it even easier even to kind of yeah. switch between the two yeah um, and like I'm never playing too, I'm not ever playing too much at once. So I even think like the five twelve would be fine. So like, yeah, yeah. I think I think for me it'll be like I'll probably have Elden Ring, Destiny Two, The Witch Queen, uh, and whatever Game Pass game, indie game I, catches my eye for that time. And to be honest, I probably think a lot of it's going to just be Destiny Two and Elden Ring mm -hmm. over the next month. Uh, so, so you know, I, I'm very pumped for those. Um, I can't wait for it to get my hands on it. It seems so small. Uh, and so uh, it should be a good time. Uh, and, but uh, that's been about it. I have lo Lost Ark, which is that new Korean MMO, uh, installed. I've been wanting to check it out. Did not get time. I am tempted once this actually releases and it's free to play. I am yeah. very tempted to give this a shot because I didn't realize that this is like a MMO ARPG hybrid, essentially. Yeah, it, it looks like Diablo. It looks like Diablo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like and the so, animations and art style yeah. look freaking incredible. Like so. it kind of reminds me yeah. of Marvel Champ... No, Marvel Legend? 
heroes. Heroes. <laughs> yeah, Marvel heroes. You you played thousands uh, listen, of hours of this. Just, also, just so you know, I'm pretty sure that Marvel Champions and Marvel Legends are all like games on mobile mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So, uh, anyway, yeah, Marvel heroes. Uh, and so yeah, I'm I'm like mm, pseudo interested in, in giving that a shot. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. L- let me know if you do. Let's figure yeah. out a server that might not be overcrowded b- yep. before it goes. Uh, I have to look and see if it public. supports controller. Because I've come to the realization that I don't care what anybody says. I just I much prefer a controller over a mouse uh, keyboard. I started playing. I started playing Cyberpunk with mouse and keyboard, and then was like, ah, this is fine. Let me just try a controller, and it just felt like home. <laughs> You, it you just know, felt you know, like I was being hugged while I played. You know what I did it with? Um, huh. So Doom 2016 came out, and I mm-hmm. had a PC that could run it, like, top of the line, like 144 yep. frames per second. And I was just like, yeah, I'm going to play Doom with a mouse and keyboard. And I got to, like, the second or third level, and I was like, let me just try it with a controller. And yeah. I was like, oh, my yeah. fingers feel so mm-hmm. much better. Controller gang. <laughs> oh, no, oh, no, the viewership just, it just dropped. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we don't want them here anyway. <laughs> PC cheaters. Uh, all right. So that wraps up what we've been playing. Let's go ahead and get into the news. We mentioned a little bit of MMO. Here we are with Warcraft is coming to mobile devices, Blizzard says. Uh, details are light, but Blizzard is working on substantial new contact for the Warcraft franchise in 2022, which includes all new mobile Warcraft content. It also means new experiences in World of Warcraft and Hearthstone. Uh, of course... You know, I made the joke about talking about MMOs. Warcraft itself is not an MMO, so but they also don't say that it's going to be a next release in the Warcraft universe. So for all we know, we could be getting an uh, AR Warcraft Pokemon Go clone. <laughs> oh god, just what the world needs. And it uh, and it gives you NFTs when you uh, for all the time you play. Put into it mm. I, uh, I, I i don't know if you've heard the phrase um oh god what was what are they calling it play to earn oh now? yeah yeah of course uh, i have of course i have it is it makes me want to gag every time i hear it uh, i am i am so sick of nft and it, every day we're getting more and more new nft news i uh, i a side tangent i got a email from uh, Fox publicist uh, about how they picked up Gumby and Friends uh, <laughs> series, yes. and they're they're like we're expanding Gumby out, and they're doing uh, NFTs. And I was like, "What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Who wants a Gumby NFT?" No, I mean, so it's funny. I saw this, you want to know how much NFTs are scam. There's this. I'm not gonna name it here, but there was there's this one developer that they're going to make, I think it's their first video game, right? But they released, first before actually making the game, they minted NFTs for characters in the game that I think you're going to be able to use as characters in the game. But there's no game yet. And basically, I think the plan is to use that money to fund the development of the game. I'm pretty sure when they announced it, they said that there was like 9,999 unique nfts that were going to be minted and then after i I peeked in after like a few hours after the launch because obviously with stuff like that it's the launch that dictates it and they were at like 1200 
minted. <laughs> and so I think when I checked recently, they were like, oh yeah, 4,000 unique fighters and 4,000 out of 4,000 minted. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that number was higher uh, <laughs> a little while ago. It, honestly, every time I hear about NFTs in games, I'm like... Oh. Star Citizen was the first NFT game without, <laughs> um, you know, before NFTs was like a phrase mm -hmm. because like they would sell you ships that could be lost, but they're like they belong to you, you have the mm -hmm. license to them, and they would keep on selling you ships, but you'd never get the product. Yeah, <laughs> you know, at the end of the day. Well, that's that's a, it. Like that's a perfect yeah. example, right? Is that essentially what this company that I mentioned is talking about can already be done through other means. There's like yeah. no reason for it to be an NFT. Anyway. Uh, next bit of news, Grand Theft Auto 6 is in active development, Rockstar confirms, surprising no one. I, uh, uh, you want to know what, you say this, but I had so many people message me that the day this story broke, uh, in excitement. <laughs> I was like, I was like, we're not getting into like 2026, you realize this, right? Yeah, also, like, did you not think that at some point they were going to release a new title in the, one of the biggest franchises in the world? You know, I don't, at some I point don't know. that Grand Theft Auto two generations without yeah, but at some that at, yeah, but at some point that Grand Theft yeah. Auto online well is going to run dry, and then they're just gonna have to refill it with something else. You know, um, also yeah, we went two gen well yeah we did we went two generations We're third we got, generation with it. we got Red Dead Redemption two in the in the middle of that, and yeah. so uh, so, Tales you know, mentioned. March 15th for the next-gen update yes. with 4K resolution and 60 frames mm -hmm. per second. Uh, funny thing. Uh, I see this. I was like, oh, yeah, maybe I'll get back into this. I own this game on PC. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, 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 Maybe I'm part of the problem. Like, I own, like, 30 different copies of yeah, this game. Yeah, you are part of the problem. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember doing it. I don't remember. It just happened. Huh. <laughs> All right, speaking of next entries, Assassin's Creed Valhalla expansion will reportedly become new standalone game. So, according to a Bloomberg report, the game is being called Rift internally and was originally slated as an expansion to 2022's Assassin's Creed Valhalla. It is expected to star Basim, an assassin that appeared in Valhalla. Bloomberg reported the new standalone game, slated for release in late 2022 or 2023, will be smaller than recent games, turning away from the large open world and instead focusing more on stealth gameplay. Thank you. Thank God. Um, <laughs> That's the, all they needed to say was smaller. Um, tell me this character is cool because I don't know if I'll ever beat Valhalla or uh, play through it at this point. Hold on. I need to double check and make sure that this is the character I'm thinking of. Uh, one sec, one sec. Can I just get images? He looks, he looks cool. It's nice to see like another Arab uh, assassin after all the all these years. Um, let's. Yeah, see. that's what I thought. No, he sucks. He sucks. Uh, In my opinion, he does. Uh, just because of how what the reveal is and what the ending is, and I yeah, I'm not a fan of how. That game kind of ended. Ended with this particular incident. I mean, uh, okay. So, do you want spoilers? Are you ever gonna finish Assassin's Creed Valhalla? Honestly, just tell me because I'd probably just end up reading it. Okay. So, the same way that your character has essentially the memories of your Viking character has yeah. the memories of Odin. It's basically like Odin reincarnated. Uh, oh, shit. 
<laughs> that have, did you not get to that part where you're like uh, no i did not play much of that have game. you not been to valhalla nope. like or to like uh asgard no i have not oh my okay you are yeah. you were just like in the very yeah, beginning think, of the game then. yeah just just ruin uh, it for me spoil it for everyone yeah so that's the that's kind of the crux of it and then you mm. discover that you're you're seeing other characters in the game represented as the gods in mm -hmm. so i think the implication is that yeah these other people are also the descendants of it uh they, they don't explicitly say it throughout the game and part of it could just be because you are reliving this this is how you're interpreting it but no you find out later on that basim is actually loki reincarnated and he remembers being loki and he oh. remembers your betrayal <laughs> as odin right because that's what it's all about so it's one of those things where like you can do loki and you can make him very sympathetic a very sympathetic character and considering that odin's basically you know going to try to sacrifice loki's son as norse mythology goes uh and but they don't do a good job of that and they just make him seem like kind of just like an over-the-top cheesy villain Ugh. and so and then the game ends with y your character in the real world yeah. uh layla i think is her name yeah she goes she's in <laughs> she's in the ennis and she's trying to well she's in this like I don't, what are they called? They're like, they're not forerunners, but the original people uh, that the lore is based on. Not Prometheus. Yeah, it's something like that, right? Uh, the Isu, the Isu, there you go. And so it is, it's their technology, and she basically like jacks into it, like the Matrix, and she gets lifted up. It's actually more reminiscent of that Assassin's Creed movie and how the anime, uh, the... Okay, the, the animus worked animus in that Animus worked in that. And so, and then she gets there, and she actually, this part I thought was cool, she sees like this this figure, this like almost digitized featureless figure. And she talks to him and he's like, it always ends the same. Like no matter what, I can't find the path that doesn't result in ruin. You know, like basically looking at the timeline and looking at the future essentially is what's applied and trying to figure out what choices have to be made to, to save humanity, you know? Mm -hmm. And the voice sounds very, very, very familiar. As in like, uh, Desmond familiar. Desmond familiar. Correct. God damn it. I gotta yeah. play through hell. <laughs> yeah. And so and then he's like, you know, you know you're you're dying right now to her. You know, like you have to get out of here. And she's like, No, like I'm going to stay here and, and help you, you know. And so while you your character you've been playing as gets left behind in, in that like cave, the ruins where mm -hmm. you find this technology. Here walks out Bassam, you know, as the Isu Loki, and he like meets your team and is basically like, Yeah, I'm here to help, even though he's very clearly not. And he has this other, it's just like, I don't know, man. So the idea of playing as him is not exciting to me, honestly. See, I, uh, I feel like you and I might be the outliers here with the with a small community of Assassin's Creed fans that love like that modern day story, <laughs> and like, I wish I, I, I wish I didn't wanted... have to pay eighty hours of like 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 I get it the ga the gameplay is fun yeah. but I don't yeah. need eighty hours of it. Give me like, just... a thirty hour adventure. 
<laughs> the worst thing to happen to Assassin's Creed is it becoming a mega franchise. Yeah. Because it felt like they had a vision for where this was going. And the, part of the, the reason to even use the Animus is that besides finding out where these, you know, art, these artifacts were, these items of power were, you were also passively learning these skills of your ancestors, of these assassins. And it was setting up for you to basically take on Abstergo in modern day, right? And I would have loved to play a modern day, like espionage, stealth, Assassin's Creed. Uh, and, and they realized that if they did that, it's kind of the end of the series. And they threw that out the window and they killed off Desmond and just kept pumping Everything is out. in the past. Nothing yeah. is in the future. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like you said, I think we're the outliers there. So. Yeah. Oh, Can't argue nice. with money and business. Yeah. News that has me a little bit more excited than playing as Bassam is The Wolf Among Us 2 has a new trailer Did as a 2023 this? release window. I haven't watched the trailer. I watched like the first five seconds of the trailer. So I haven't watched it thoroughly. Um, I kind of don't even want to watch it, if I'm being honest, mm -hmm. because I love The Wolf Among Us comics. I love that first Telltale game. I am... 100% all in on this as long as it's running on updated tech. <laughs> it is. It's using Unreal yeah. Engine. And okay. that the is, footage looks that smooth. Is, yeah, that is yeah. super, super exciting to me. I, yeah. I cannot wait for this. Uh, I wish it was 2022, but I'm more than willing to wait for 2023. Yeah, I mean... They, you played that first one, right? I played the first episode of that first one. <laughs> I why, never... Listen, why... Are you my co-host? <laughs> listen, there, I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, I, there's, I, it was something I was going to get around to, you know, when yeah. we ever had our achievement competition again. And I was like, easy achievements. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, I just never got around to um, finishing it. It was, it, you know, I know a lot of people love it. They say it's their favorite Telltale game. Yeah, um, you know it's nice. I think it is this. my favorite. They, they announced, yeah, they announced this back in 2019, um, and you know, it, Telltale was back after the studio folded, and they announced a release date for 2023, which is nice. Um, and mm -hmm. glad they're taking their time getting it right. The tech looks good. Uh, they also mentioned, um, you know, I, I believe the original voice actors are also back for this, and it takes place six months after. Uh, the end of the first game, but before it still serves as a prequel to the comics. Mm -hmm. So um, a lot of there's a lot of neat stuff. I I didn't even know this was happening until I got an email that like the game awards went live and Jeff Keighley was uh, <laughs> with the Telltale yeah. um, team and discussing it. They had, it had like a real cool. Um, it was all it was all probably green screen, but it was like they recreated the bar from uh, The Wolf Among Us uh, in Unreal Engine, and they were just all sitting in it. Um, and just having the conversations, which is pretty neat. Uh, next bit of news. The day after we recorded last week's episode, uh, Sony and Tango Gameworks and Bethesda Softworks had a kind of blowout video on Ghostwire Tokyo and announced that the game is slated for a March 25th release on console and Windows PC. They also showed off kind of what the actual gameplay element is and how you're going to be combating these uh, uh i didn't realize this was a 20 minute video these until I was ghosts. Playing, 
putting yeah. this together. Um, and so I was watching it sporadically. I always said this game looked weird as hell. It does, but I think after seeing clips of this, mm-hmm. I'm in. Yeah, like... I, I, so I, I, me too. I'm I'm in? Question mark. Like that's yeah. where I am with this as well. I love uh, Tango GameWorks. I I think Evil Within, Evil Within Two are severely underrated. And so yeah, I saw this, and I think what are we we're looking at Polygon right here. They said that. Uh, Ghostwire Tokyo gameplay shows a spooky spe- spell casting tour of terror through modern Japan. In other words, it's strawberry shortcake with bending, as in like you know, <laughs> Avatar Last Airbender bending. And yeah, that's kind of what it looks like. I-, I think it's very stylish. I think it's very cool. I do wonder if it'll become like rote after a while and just repetitive. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is very much, I think this game, because it is so unique, I think that it is going to be a situation where we're going to have to actually read hands-on previews. Like, people are going to have to get this in their hands to sell their property. I think there's a lot of games that actually struggle with that. Mm-hmm. I think uh, some games are just don't show all that well. And I think up until this point, this is the problem that Ghostwire Tokyo was having. I think aesthetically it looked awesome, but gameplay-wise it just didn't. People didn't understand what was going on. Like, I want somebody that spent four hours with this game to tell yes. me, like, th- yes. those four hours feel good. Like, I feel like two hours isn't enough. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, no, I guess the reviews will drop probably around mid-March. Uh, graphically, it looks so much better than I, anticip- I-, I thought it would. And, uh, like, the I-, I don't know if they're monsters, ghosts, or what, or a whole hodgepodge of them. They're, they look great. We'll just say they're supernatural entities. I think yes, is the there best. you go. Yeah. Supernatural entities. So yes. the one thing that I was watching a stream, I think it was kind of funny stream, and someone pointed out that, yeah, they do look great, but part of the problem with having unique looking enemies is that when you see that type over and over and over mm-hmm. again, you realize the lack of diversity in the character designs. It's not like like zombies, for instance. Zombies, you tweak one or two little things or you space them the same character model far enough apart in the gameplay that you don't notice the fact that, yeah, they're probably reusing assets quite a bit. Yeah. Um. So I do. I do wonder about that. Yeah, man. Watching. We're, you're watching the. You're showing off some of the video right now on the Twitch channel, uh, where we record live every Wednesday at nine fifteen. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I mean, I think it looks. I think it looks really, really cool. It kind of reminds me a little bit of. Um, oh God. Oh, uh, the combat kind of reminds me a little bit of like a first-person control. Where I you're, see that. you're grabbing a lot of like things from the environment and tossing it, and then uh, comboing abilities, and I, I, you know, obviously control is also a third-person shooter at heart. But uh, I don't know. I, I'm very, very excited for this. Uh, honestly, the best way I would describe this is a first-person Doctor Strange video game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think yes. I think I agree with you in, in that regards as well. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's. I'm I'm excited for this. I, I hope I hope there's like a horror element to this because like it doesn't seem spooky right now. Like yeah, you know, it seems like it's set in like like I said in a supernatural yeah. horror universe. But yeah, because it is so stylish and seems to be so action oriented, mm-hmm. it everything they're showing off there is no so far there's no atmosphere and there is yeah. no. But like I said, I mean, Tale Game Works even within one and two like i think they did the atmosphere really really well so i do still have my hopes up that uh that 
there will be some spookies. <laughs> uh, if the story is good, I think that that could be enough to carry me. Yeah. All right. Next bit of news: Nintendo Switch outsells the Wii. Nintendo's previously best-selling. That's console. crazy. This is insane. Uh, you know, especially considering when Nintendo comes out and says that Switch is just in the middle of its life cycle. So there's still significant amount of time left for this to just continue to, to break records. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, does this article mention the PS2? Though? No, see, that's what I was PS2. trying to see. Yeah. Is this one does not. Um, but it does mention that the Wii had lifetime sales of 1.1 or 101.63 million units, and the Switch, as of December 31st, 2021, had sold 103.54 million units. That is nuts. Over 155 for the PS2, so I think the Switch can do it. Honestly. Yeah, I think it's going to be tough, though. They'll, to get to sell fifty percent more units. Uh, also, listen, you gotta remember that the PlayStation two, 2 at what point <laughs> sold for like ninety nine dollars. These get to E three and they're like Switch Pro, and there you go, you get another fifty yeah. million right there. Yeah. Actually, true. Yeah. Because guess what, I'm in. I I'm would in. buy a Switch Pro. Yeah. And like, let's go. I, I, th- I think that's, I think that's the part that gets me every time is that. I would love just a beefier switch. Just get, give me some DLSS on that bad boy. Yeah. Uh, keep that OLED <laughs> screen on there. Oh yeah. man, it, it, it goes so much. Like um, I I've been spending a lot more time with the Switch uh, these last couple of weeks, especially with Pokemon. And like, it's weird. I'm a graphics snob, but if the gameplay yeah. is good, it doesn't matter. Um, Real quick, speaking of OLED screen, not necessarily video game related, although I will be playing games on it. Guess what I pre-ordered today. What has an OLED screen? Did you get a Steam Deck? No. I got a... I pre-ordered a Samsung Galaxy S22 Ultra. (laughs) Yeah, they were announced today. Yeah. Which is essentially their new Note. So it comes with the stylus inside it and stuff like that. I am super hyped cannot wait How cannot wait to stream thing? it's like it's big i cannot wait to stream games on that um through xbox game streaming like, what, what color you get anyway i got the green of course okay the green looks nice yeah um all right Oof. like next bit of big, news. Uh, five cameras <laughs> yeah a lot of cameras yeah a lot of cameras six point <laughs> One inch, oh, no, 6.8 inch. Yep. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, All you need is like a good and controller. It, and it's uh, it's rocking uh, 12 gigs of RAM, which is wild. I, I wonder if the Razer Kishu actually fits around it. That thing looks no, no shot. Well. No shot. No I'm shot. I'm going to have to use, I'm going to have to use like the controller clips for the Xbox. All right. If it's, if it's heavy enough, it, it looks good. I yeah. think it'll work well, fine. Next bit of news, Pajama Sam, Spy Fox, and more humongous point-and-click classics come to the Nintendo Switch. Did you ever play these games growing up? I did not. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I did see, like, I remember, so I remember Putt-Putt and Freddy Fish. Those are the ones I remember. Yeah. Uh, But, no, I didn't play these. You got to remember, the 90s, I think my first computer would have been when I was uh, 12. Mm-hmm. So that's '98 right there, you know, and so, and and I'm telling you right now, those computers were not. The computers we had were not running anything, 
And so we didn't play. I didn't play a lot of games on them. My cousin had Pot Pot, and I freaking loved it. Uh, they also had Pajama Sand, but I never got to see gameplay of it. Pajama I Sand think, looked cool as hell. I think this is. I think this stuff is cool. I also think that it's you know definitely a nostalgia play. Yeah, hundred percent. Because I was like, there's better versions of games that do exactly yeah. what Pot Pot does. Yeah. And you know, but you know, I could see my my son playing that in a few years like you know like hey why don't you try this yeah <laughs> and so yeah no that's cool i think it's i listen i the funny thing is i saw this story in our news lineup and i was like mm, is it worth and then i was like you know what it's fun it's fun mm-hmm. it's a good story i like it all right uh one Last... quick story one quick story i forgot uh yeah go ahead. i'll link for it is uh final fantasy 6 uh pixel remaster uh, has a date of uh, february 25th um never not once have you ever said oh one more story that i forgot to add and it's been a story i cared about (laughs) (laughs) it's always just like and 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 it's almost always final fantasy related and i'm just like oh god i'm gonna do it i'm gonna purposely leave out a story you care about and then do it you just oh okay cool that would be cool i like that change of pace (laughs) but you just like pull the show to a screeching halt and you're just like oh yeah final fantasy it's Final Fantasy Six, <laughs> the best one according to many people. I've never played through it, so I'm actually very excited to finally have a chance. All right, that's cool. Last bit of news, and it's a lot of news. I oh. actually kind of hate that this was earlier today. I love that it was because one of the things is one, it's a ton of news for us to talk about. But mm-hmm. two, I was so busy today that I did not watch a ton of this, so I don't have a ton to say about it so it's all up to you here but i am going to run through what was announced at today's nintendo direct which aired at uh 5 p.m eastern Is this everything you might I... want to start from the bottom okay so no man's sky is coming to nintendo switch yeah, it uh, looked actually pretty good. I did. Uh. I did see some of the screenshots for this. Uh, Advance Wars 1. My problem is sometimes games look good and don't run well. Mm-hmm. So I that's my concern with something like No Man's Sky. Advance Wars 1 and 2 Reboot Camp launches on Nintendo Switch this April. Did they go ahead and redo the art style again? Or is yeah, so that- I, I, I don't know what it was, but it looked a lot better to me. Uh, it's still the same art style. But like the map stuff looked good. Oh god, the character portraits are terrible. Um, but there's some really oh, cool stuff. Still, that it still yeah. looks so bad. Yeah. Uh, but here's what pushed me a little bit over. You can um, redo turns. Uh, mm-hmm. So if a turn goes bad, you can just jump into the option setting and be like, just let me let me take this back a turn and pull them all again. Um, there's the uh, you create maps and share them uh, with friends or battle them battle online a good amount of uh challenge modes as well so it's i i think they've done enough there to warrant uh warrant some good updates for advanced wars like i know i have a cousin that absolutely loves advanced wars and it'd be nice just to like play against him online um for a few matches um yeah i still think it looks like trash Splatoon 3 <laughs> is coming to Nintendo Switch this summer, which I'm, I'm super excited about Splatoon 3. I love, love Splatoon 1 and Splatoon 2. Uh, I think my one complaint is that I just need Nintendo to release some sort of functioning online multiplayer chat system, like a real one, not this like, you know, 
plug into your phone, plug that into your calculator, and then <laughs> I, I just... I just need something. Have your driver's would, license in front of your cell phone so, camera. The whole a lot time. of a lot of the announcements they a couple of the announcements they made today actually got me hyped until the realization set in that like playing online with your friends on the Nintendo Switch kind of sucks. Uh, it's great if you're in person and you're doing like a LAN thing and you're all on handheld, or if you're a situation like you and me, right, where we can hook up our switches to a monitor, have Discord running, and still play. Like. Honestly, the only time I ever want to play the Switch is usually like when I'm streaming, just because yeah. of that fact, or if I'm playing local. And yeah, that just like it's I don't know. I need them to come out with a solution before this game releases, <laughs> even if the solution is just like, hey, we have a functioning in in game chat by Vivox because <laughs> yeah. fair uh, Fortnite on the Switch, the in game chat actually works pretty well. It would be nice and if so, they did do that or yeah. had that option. Yeah. Um, but I'm excited with what they showed, which is like the co-op sa- new salmon run. Yeah, I guess they did a limited time uh, in two. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, sometimes I just don't want to play competitive, and this looks like a little horde-based mode. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I salmon. <laughs> What's the deal with salmon in the Splatoon uh, universe? I I like Splatoon two and it's it's actual like campaign and stuff like that. Uh, so I'm excited for to play splatoon all facets of splatoon 3 you know mm-hmm. um and yeah i'll absolutely play this mode as well if there's a way for us to communicate uh you, fire, you just need the expansion pass that's all <laughs> fire emblem warriors three hope stars all your three houses favorites it's a musou a musou game yeah musou game so yeah. can i say something about warrior games um if you're a yeah. fan of them good for you how do these games keep releasing on the nintendo switch and even like consoles and the performance is trash <laughs> like if you watch this trailer you literally see frames chugging during you know action one, sequences you know which one i i downloaded i downloaded that one piece one how was that i, I haven't tried downloaded. it yet <laughs> <laughs> i haven't tried it yet but but yeah I, I i agree i don't know how these games run at all on the switch although truly told the last one of these ga- types of games that i played was that first Legend of Zelda, like Breath of the Wild one. Yeah. Or was the first one Breath Age of the Wild? Calamity? No, no, no first that was, was second uh, Hyrule Warriors. Yes. Hyrule Warriors. Yeah. That was the one that I, uh, I I played. And that's the only one I've played on the Switch so far. All right. So this I did. This next story I did see a lot of. Uh, this next announcement. Kirby and the Forgotten Land will feature new abilities like Malfold Mode. Uh, this trailer is horrifying. When <laughs> Kirby deep throats a Volkswagen Beetle... <laughs> I that's when I was like maybe I'm not gonna play this game, um, but yeah they announced that uh, essentially beyond just being able to uh, absorb suck in enemies I almost said suck off uh, enemies again their abilities you'll be able to inhale vending machine a giant mouthful of water uh, uh, traffic code and other things to gain other abilities. I saw somebody tweet out a reaction right after this was showed off that was actually I'm gonna I'm gonna find the tweet. Can you look up this tweet right now? Since you bring it on straight. Yeah. Uh it is Oh man, who was it? Uh one sec, one sec. Sorry, I know this isn't great podcasting. Oh, uh, Janet Garcia. Can you can you look up hers Twitter right now? 
Um, yeah, just like that. It's no, give us put a space. I can't believe she's like not not one of the first names. This one. Right there. There you go. That first one. <laughs> the right. Ed, Ed and Eddie's clip. Scroll. No, no, no. Scroll. Scroll down. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Scroll down. Uh, there's uh, one where she basically true. says. They really out here calling Kirby the throat goat. It's it's like Father <laughs> Town. And when I saw that and then watched the video again, I was like, oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Listen, I am very intrigued to say the least about this with this game. And uh, I'm excited to to see what these new abilities and the ability to Kirby's yeah. ability to evolve uh, leading to more powerful attacks. What what actually comes out of it? Water balloon melt. I still don't feel like we know completely what this game is i i will say that this game looks better and better with every trailer they yes, show i agree because the first time they showed off this game i was like this game looks empty as hell uh i think i called it um a child's first platformer um one cool thing that i did like about this is like they show that you can like build out that town and i kind of wish pokemon legends arceus had something like that mm-hmm. where you build out that village a bit there's some elements of it but it's not as it seems as big as this, but this game looks like it has so much going on with all the different abilities and like level design and platforming. Uh, it's it's really cool. Um, it went from no way in hell am I buying this to yeah, I think I'm gonna get this day one. Yeah, I think I am too. Yeah, I mean, I mean you know, through GameFly, let's be real. But hundred <laughs> uh, percent. All right, this next story is the one that I saw it get announced and then actually went, watched the video and, and read a couple articles about it. So Disney Speedstorm will be announced on Switch, will support cross-platform, and it is a new free-to-play racing game starring Disney and Pixar characters. Now, one of the things about this, though, is that all the different characters will have unique power-ups, abilities, and a unique ultimate ability to help them secure victory. So it's basically Mario Kart meets a hero shooter <laughs> meets <laughs> Disney characters. Uh, the thing is, is they mentioned that it includes cross-platform play, but they haven't announced exactly what platforms will be included. Now, my concern is that because this is being developed by... Yeah, who is this being developed by? Uh, I I want to say... I uh, see. I'm, I'm, I want to say Gameloft, and I'm not actually 100% sure. But I think I saw Asphalt developer Game Loft, yeah. Oh, see, okay. Well, there you go. So that yeah. was that was my concern. Is I saw Game Loft and thought, oh man, is the other platform just mobile, which would be kind of a bummer because I would be totally down to play this on Nintendo Switch, PC, and other consoles. This article's from today. Okay. Looks like, yeah. Okay, so that's cool. So if it's gonna be on PC and other consoles, if this game controls even remotely well, like this could be. Yeah. A really good time. I'm I'm actually excited about this. Um, all right, next bit of news because we're gonna be here forever. If I, we... I I I well, one quick thing on this. When I yeah. saw this one, I was like, well, this is gonna suck for Disney when they announced Mario Kart Nine on this Nintendo Direct. Well, well, which wasn't well, the case, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, a little foreshadowing. Yeah, we uh, could skip. So we're going to we're going to get through this next one pretty quickly. Portal and Portal 2 are coming to Nintendo Switch. Both games are coming as part of a collection this year. They are Portal and Portal 2 and everything that comes with those games. Um, Nintendo Switch is getting a Wii Sports sequel and it's called Nintendo Switch Sports. Now, this, this looks is amazing. It looks great. <laughs> I mean, it is Wii Sports on the Switch. 
and, and I mean those Joy Cons, they ditched the Mies. Yeah, and those Joy Cons are perfectly capable of yeah. of replicating uh, the Wiimotes. And so I can totally see my in laws coming over to play some Wii tennis again, uh, yeah. or or sorry, <laughs> Switch tennis. Uh, so when uh when we're on we're doing a tennis duos, me and you, Rob, on a stream, and I miss, I'm gonna be like, yo, it's Joy-Con drift, Joy-Con drift. <laughs> Actually, watching this brings back like nostalgia and reminds yeah. me that my dad and his wife at the time had a Wii, and they had Wii Sports, but they also had maybe it was Wii Sports. Would the Wii Sports also have a bowling mode where it was like a thousand pins or something like that, or a hundred pins? I don't remember. And you try, had to, yeah, it was something like that. And we discovered that there was a little cheese to it where if you actually threw the ball not onto the the alley itself, but to the right of the gutters onto the railing, that it, if you traveled it all the way down the railing, when it got to the end, it would explode all the pins. <laughs> and if you, if you got the hang of it, you could just knock down every single pin every single time. Um, all right, next bit xenoblade chronicles there's so many announcements that was the thing that was impressive actually about this direct is that there was like announcement after announcement after announcement xenoblade yeah. chronicles 3 announced by monolith soft i know out of the two of us you'd be the only one that cares about this so, the so, one thing <laughs> i want to point out is that cover image for it looks exactly the same as the cover image for xenoblade chronicles 2 and i feel like xenoblade chronicles and one. 1 yeah yeah um when this tr so this ended the, the show i don't know what the polygon article has everything so out of order yeah. But um, I saw this and I was like, "Oh shit, this looks dope!" And then I saw the Tron-like things, and then a giant mech, and I was like, "Oh, this is Xenoblade Chronicles 3. <laughs> um, I would love to be excited about a Xenoblade Chronicle game. My I own the first two. I have one on. My wife got me one for my birthday because I asked for it uh, on Switch, and I got two when it came out at launch. And got they're like thirty hours of tutorials with the deepest systems and the worst combat i've ever seen in an rpg because and like it, it drives me nuts and like everyone has a scottish and, or irish listen, accent they they have to be selling because they continue to pump these games out i i but like everyone raves about the story but like everything out like everything in between uh, the story bits drives me absolutely insane about these games somebody told me if i put it on easy it'll make it much more manageable and i can actually finish these games which i might end up doing whenever i have downtime to sit through uh these games again uh i mean it, lo it looks a lot better than xenoblade chronicles 1 and 2 do on the switch so yeah. someone uh, you know uh, monolith soft has been doing some Optimizing. Great work. Yeah, optimizing yeah. and work. Uh, that one dude looks like he's straight out of Persona, though, uh, with the ponytail. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, th I think the most shocking thing here is, and I think with a lot of these other announcements, is I think September is the furthest out. This is for September 2022. Nintendo's got a very packed first half for 2022. Yes, yes absolutely. And I, like... I was hoping, like, things would die down after March, but no, it's just... Uh, <laughs> It is. It looks like it's gonna be another year, like twenty twenty one, where it's just like we got games that are big games, big releases dropping. All right, next up, Metroid Dread gets a one hit kill in rookie modes. Now, rookie modes is an easier difficulty that results in you getting more life uh, on kills and being able to sustain more damage, I believe. Which I think is is good because the game itself mm -hmm. is a challenging one, and I think more people will actually get through it. 
uh, by introducing a rookie mode. And it also gives Nintendo a, you know, typically friendly company for young consumers and young players, yeah. uh, an opportunity to actually get into one of their games. Uh, I, the one hit kill, what, why? Who? I, there's there's probably for speedrunners. I know. That, that's I mean, the only I don't, thing I can think of. Oh my god, these masochists out there. I also, it's one of those things where like, yeah, no, I don't. I'm not gonna spend a lot of time on this. You, you, not for you know me. Who, you know who uh, this is for? This is for that guy that did uh, Dark Souls, blindfolded, uh, one to three, Bloodborne, Sekiro, all blindfolded. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is that this yeah. dude was already doing his no hit oh, run right. anyway. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. So. No, no, no hit blindfolded. Yeah, run, yeah, you know, exactly. Like, and so he doesn't need Kong, a dedicated one hit kill with Donkey but, Konga controllers. <laughs> that is wild. I cannot imagine yeah. putting myself through that. But hey. To each their own. Yeah. Mario, so you forced out this earlier. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is getting 48 remastered courses. That DLC is coming through 2023. So 2022 is easiest $25 Nintendo will get out of me. I, I still won't sign up for the expansion pass because you can get this if you have the expansion pass for yeah. Nintendo Switch Online. But I've been playing these same tracks since the Wii U, with the Wii U days. And so yep. it's seeing anything new come to this game feels amazing uh so 48 tracks through 2022 and 2023 and how many six waves so six waves with eight, eight maps um even my wife was like oh thank god because like we love <laughs> so, playing mario kart but after a while it's just like how much how often can you play these same maps over and over again so this is another this story where i yeah. saw this news i was like oh my god that's awesome that's awesome and then was like Oh wait, the online still blows, and I don't, I, for me it's more know. about local play. Yeah, I mean this. I agree. Yeah. I, I agree. If you have yeah. people, the problem is, is like, you know, my kids aren't for the most part. My kids aren't the ones that are going to sit down and play yeah. and play this with me. You know, I need to have buddies over, friends over. Whereas all my friends and buddies have all have switches, and we all have great mm -hmm. internet connections, and we could just play this. And a lot of us even bought the like uh, USB accessory for the ethernet port on the switches so we yeah. have even better connections i i and, feel like you need to have that regardless even yeah. if you're not playing online yeah. just to download your games and so uh but yeah again a lack of a party chat or or a, a dedicated voice solution is just i don't know just bones me out yeah All um right. so just qu quickly touching on this uh, the booster course pass as they're calling it will have courses from mario Ka super mario kart mario kart uh super circuit from the gba 64 Double Dash, Mario Kart DS, Wii 7 on the 3DS, and then Mario Kart Tour, which I think is the I think that's game. Yeah, I think that's yeah. super interesting. That's the yeah. one that's like, oh, that's cool. I, and I think, like, I, play, I only played Double Dash at a friend's house, 64, only through, mm -hmm. like, whatever levels they bring over. And so, uh, yeah, while they're bringing back all these, I think there's a lot of people that never got their hands on these mm -hmm. over the years. And, like, I'm really curious to see what, like, the Super Circuit and Super Mario Kart levels look like remastered yes. for the Switch, because like Mario Kart Eight Deluxe is a really good looking game. Yeah, uh, agreed. And so seeing everything be remastered up, uh, not as up good looking Switch, as Disney Speedstorm though. <laughs> I mean, was that really running on the Switch? Yeah, <laughs> we'll <right>. never know. <laughs> yeah. Switch game. <laughs> uh, all right, last two announcements. Uh, a little oh, bit whoa, of they missed they missed like a bunch of stuff. A little bit oh, of yeah throwbacks. I mean, we can we can try to find some of the other some of those. Out, but a little bit of throwbacks. Uh, Chrono Cross remastered announced for Nintendo Switch 
and the classic Klonoa uh, games are coming to Switch yeah. and modern consoles and PC. So, um, Chrono Cross Remaster, uh, April 7th, it's Switch, uh, PS4, Xbox One, and PC, I believe. And it also comes with, like, the game that it inspired it. Mm-hmm. Um, Klonoa, uh, I, I know Race was like, it's a throwback to his past. Um, oddly missing from that polygon list, Mario, Mario Strikers Battle League? Yes, <laughs> Mario Strikers, uh, what is it? Mother and Earthbound? No, Earthbound yes. and Earthbound Beginnings are, are coming to Nintendo Switch Online Library. There's also that uh, RPG classic Live Alive. And uh, tri- then, yeah, Triangle MLB, Strategy. MLB yeah. The Show is yeah. coming to the Switch for the first time. With with cross progression with other consoles. Yep. Which is uh, very cool because, yeah, especially if you get, on game you pass. get, get game, <laughs> Yes, you get Game Pass and you get your MLB there on Game Pass and then on the go, you can play it on the Switch. Like, that is cool. Uh, um, yeah, Triangle Strategy. Yeah, there was a lot missing yeah. from that list. Yeah, Triangle Strategy, uh, they dropped a new trailer and they announced the demo that's out to now already. Which is the prologue of the game up to chapter to the end of chapter three, and the save carries over to the full game. So, uh, very good for me because I'm very pumped for this game. But realistically, let's see if I actually make it through that demo. No shot. Um, no shot. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> I, I love Final Fantasy Tactics. I love uh, Tactics Ogre. You still so. you need to go back and finish that first season of The Wolf Among Us. Uh, I'll, I'll do it in, tw- at the, in 2023, right before right season before. two. Yeah. That's not a terrible idea, because part yeah. of me doesn't even remember like everything that happened in that See? game. Um, Live Alive, Klonoa, yeah. like you said. Yeah. Uh, Front Mission, uh, first, being uh, remade uh, for the Switch. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, yeah. I think we covered all the big That's, news. But, yeah, uh, and sol- solid direct overall. Yeah, I, think. I agree. I, think, I mean, like I said, I didn't get to watch I, it as it was happening. I was yeah. just trying to keep up with the announcements, but I that was the know. thing I was impressed about. Like uh, things like Chrono Cross, like Front Mission, like it's really cool to see these games being like remastered or remade for the Switch. I don't know if I've got time for old games, um, as great I, as some of those are. I am in the same boat as you. <laughs> uh, and so, like you see, like the Portal Collection, I'm like, yeah, that was cool, and I played it all those years ago. But yeah. you know, I guess for kids, it's cool. I, uh, I never that, got yes, that is abs- that is absolutely something yeah. that I would like hand my daughter and mm-hmm. let her experience that that first one with me there, try to you know help mm-hmm. her out, and then possibly if she can make it through the first one, playing the second one co-op with her, like yeah, I, that's something I would co-op, do. Which yes. is neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, and so um, I, I think Nintendo came out. They showed what they have for their first half of the year, uh, and even a little bit past that. And it's it's strong. Like the fact that they they can announce a giant first party game like Xenoblade Chronicles Three, show it at here, and yeah. then be like, it's coming out in uh, seven months. And so, you know, it's that's kind of ridiculous. Uh, I do think it, I do think though that there are some notable things missing i think it's still i think it's weird that we still haven't gotten a real update on the breath of the wild sequel i think that's e3 i think you say i think you save that stuff for e3 i mean i guess you save it for e3 for like a, a november release yeah i, I think uh, you could do that because they didn't they do that with the first breath of the wild like they showed they showed it off at um the switch revealed and we saw more at, more at e3 uh, which was like the more wide, 
Yeah, but we, we still don't even have a name. And I understand that, like, they say that there's spoilers associated with it. But, like, because you know that everyone's going to... Uh, didn't they say... Like, yeah, yeah, like you just said, uh, there's, like, yeah. spoilers associated with it. So yeah. they're probably holding it close to the chest until uh, E3. Also, Metroid Prime 4 still completely missing. Like... that. Yeah, that, I mean, that game had... It just doesn't um, exist anymore. Yeah, I think I think I think we'll see. If we're to guess, my, my prediction is like we get date and name um, for Breath of the Wild. Uh, we see Bayonetta three at E three with the date, um, and then we also see uh, the first glimpse of Metroid Prime four um, with a twenty twenty three release date. I think with it's Mario fair, Kart fair nine, n- 9. No shot. We're not getting... For, so now, for that's the other thing. Is we're, yeah, we're not getting Mario Kart 9 <laughs> yeah. until like 2025 at the earliest. Yeah. Uh, actually, it'd be smart if we got it in 2024 right after they finished up yeah. the DLC timeline in, in 2023. Yeah. But yeah, that wraps up all of our news for this week. Balan, why don't you let people know where they can follow you, where they can follow the site? Uh, yeah, you guys can follow me over on Twitter at Bilal underscore Mian. Uh, you guys can follow the site uh, over on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram. Uh, just search the work print. Uh, you'll find our logo. Uh, it's like a blue and gray one. Uh, and give us a follow there. You can find the podcast on your favorite podcast streaming platforms. Um, and, you know, like, subscribe, leave a comment, rate us. It goes a long way. Uh, tell a friend. Um, yes. We have great articles up over at the site that are going up. Um, Christian did a really cool article about Star Wars and uh, deep fakes. Uh, got a lot more Marvel comic stuff. Uh, Chris Peruzzi, who's a new writer, did uh, four alternate history stories of the DC Universe. Uh, and then uh, I know a bunch of the writers were also at Garden State Comic Fest over the weekend where they interviewed a lot of artists. Uh, and so we've got more content coming up uh, from that. Uh, Nicole is also covering a discovery of witches season three. Uh, so, you know, a lot of neat stuff. Oh, Rebecca Wang did a great uh, feature on Definition Please, a Netflix movie uh, that explores family dynamics and mental health. Um, so very, very cool stuff. Christian uh, has brought on a great new era of writers for the site um, who are doing very interesting work uh, that they should very much be proud of. So. Uh, go check it out over at theworkprint.com. That's awesome. And you can follow me at SunnyVice20, S-U-N-N-Y-V-I-C-E-2-0, across all social media and all gaming platforms. And then, yeah, I'm streaming. I'm trying to be in, you know, all, I, I see this every week, but I am trying to stream out more often. But unfortunately, we don't have a set schedule, so keeping yeah. notifications on for the Twitch channel is you, the best way to know. Uh, it's go- uh, most of the time it's going to be in the evening around the same time as this podcast. Honestly, I'd say go check out Rob when he streams, but he dragged his brother into smite, uh, and that's irresponsible. <laughs> that, listen, that last stream I did might be the most miserable I've ever been on stream. I I was I, checked, I, was, I had it on in the background oh and I looked God, at you. I was in pain, in pain, but. That's what Smite does, and yet I still come back. It's an abusive relationship. Um, anyway, was the drugs of video games. Thank you, thank you guys so much for hanging out with us, for listening to the podcast, and generally being awesome, especially when you come in during the pre-show and hang out with us. Um, thank you, Bilal, for taking the time out of the busy day 
and and time away from your family. And until next time, bye bye. Bye bye.